Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect fad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Hello, it is Isla, and I'm welcoming you back to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about a topic that I'm so glad has like kind of reached into pop culture over on Netflix, and I want to talk to you about Blue Zones. So if you don't know, Blue Zones are a kind of like, a, I guess, like a study. I don't know. I was going to kind of get confused by this part. Oh, on, I think, sponsored by the National Geographic. They go into it a little bit more in the docu-series that's now out on Netflix that everybody's loving. This guy, Dan Butner, decided a long time ago that he wanted to try to figure out, I guess, the secret of longevity or just, I think he had learned about one blue zone, which a blue zone is just like an area in the world where people live the longest for the healthiest, like living well into their 90s, maybe even hundreds with their full mind with them, still able to work, move, things like that, which is insane. And so he wanted to go on a quest to find other blue zones, and he identified five of them, um, one in an area called Nicoya, I think, in Costa Rica, another in Loma Linda, California. So not that we can't relate to all these places. Loma Linda is a great one to take some relation to for how we should be living our daily lives. Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, and Ikaria, or Ikaria, I think it's Ikaria, Ikaria, Greece one of an island. These are, I believe, like more retrospective studies. So, you know, it's not like they took somebody and found them at birth and then compared them all to people that did like all the most unhealthy things and then figured out. They do kind of talk about in the different books, they pull some evidence from other studies, kind of debunking the whole um, genetics model too. So we can't just be like, oh, because all these people all live in the same area, they all kind of like didn't really mix with other races or people from other regions. That means that they just have really good DNA, really good genes that kind of debunk that in there too. So I highly recommend you read all the books. I've read like all the books that this man has written. I have two of his cookbooks and I have his regular Blue Zones book. And then he made a really cool book about how you can kind of implement these things into your daily life. So that is what I'm going to talk to you about today. I feel like at first when I first learned about this, like I think it was honestly like six or seven years ago, I was like, okay, like this is totally not practical. One of the thing, one of the biggest things is these people live a long time because they are not stressed. And I'm like, okay, well that's not realistic. That's only realistic if you live in a village. But after kind of like mulling over all the information for a really long time, I've thought about how we can still implement lots of these things, including stress reduction in our daily lives as Americans, as people who work and live in industrialized societies. And I want to share them with you today. So I have three big takeaways and I could do like a million podcast episodes on this topic, but I just want to kind of keep it condensed or just really what you can walk away with, how you can implement any of this information that you may have taken in from the Netflix docuseries today. So first, 
plant-based diet. So I wanted to start strong with nutrition as a dietitian. And this is something that all of the communities have in common, which is really interesting to me. Um, I think honestly, a big reason that they're all plant-based besides Loma Linda, California is because they are a little bit poorer. Um, they mostly have to use the foods that they have available to them. And it's a lot cheaper to grow fruits and vegetables and beans, as opposed to having an animal that you have to feed and then kill every year and figure out how to process. You don't have to store as much when you have fruits and vegetables. Not quite sure what they do in the winters. I think I think one commonality with all these areas is that they're in like pretty warm temperate climates. They don't really have to worry about too much about that, but we'll just stick to how like we can incorporate plant-based in our lives. Um, also, these groups aren't strict about it, so they go a lot more in-depth in the book, but some of them do incorporate dairy. It's mostly in the form of goat milk, which I went on a crazy venture to try. They have goat milk at Trader Joe's if you want to try it. It tastes kind of like goat cheese, if you can imagine that in a milk. It's a lot more rich, and I can only find like whole milk versions. They included some research in the book about how like it potentially could help with decreasing risks of cardiovascular disease, but I don't think it's like super important to do that. And it tastes a little off. Um, a, a lot of them do, will do maybe like, I think pork is their source of meat besides Loma Linda, California, because they are vegans, because they're Seventh-day Adventists. So they follow more of like a religious reason for having a plant-based diet. They're very strict about it, but all the other groups, it's really just what they have available to them. And they will, I think, eat pork maybe like once a week, once a month, mostly at a celebration or mostly just to flavor things like to put in a soup again, because it is just expensive. And if you watch the documentary, there's like one story that was my, I think was my favorite story with one of the farmers that lives in Costa Rica. And he had like no money to his name. He had like no savings. And the interviewer was like, what would you do if you got sick? He's like, I don't know. I guess I'd be out of luck. But he had like never gotten sick. So not that I don't think we shouldn't have health insurance. But there is something too, like if you are pretty healthy, like maybe you don't need to worry about like having all the things saved up in the world. Because if you're healthier, you probably don't need as much health care, which is crazy to think that he spent like essentially $0 and he was 100 and still like riding on horses and doing farm work and stuff like that. Some of the reasons that eating plant-based is really helpful for health is that I will say like hands down, I think a plant-based diet is probably the healthiest diet to follow. I don't really force people to do it in our program because it's really drastic and not very practical for everybody. And there are plenty of people that are super healthy eating meat, but I do have clients, you know, really focus on at least making half of their meals produce. And that is a big reason why plant-based eating is really healthy, mostly just because it forces you to eat lots of plants, lots of fruits and vegetables, beans. And these are some of the most healthy foods that you can possibly eat because there are lots of vitamins and minerals. I think beans and greens are like the healthiest foods in the world. I definitely hate eating greens. It's like one of my weaknesses as a dietitian. I should get more in, but you know, I love my beans. Um, as far as weight loss, it can also help because it helps you to stay fuller on less calories. And they talk about this when they kind of intro, I think the Okinawan group that when you compare what you know, like 500 calories can get you in terms of like a Big Mac versus like 500 calories of just straight up vegetables. Like it's a big difference and you get fuller a lot quicker. So you could always try to follow like a strictly plant-based diet with like no added sugars without calorie tracking because you still would probably eat a pretty low calorie diet. Again, I just think it's not super practical for everybody because I always want overall quality of life. I think it's fine to work stuff in, which is why I am more of a proponent of tracking and just including fruits and vegetables where you can. But you could totally kind of go that route and see what happens. And it also helps with cardiovascular risks because 
Saturated fat is pretty much just in animal products. It is in tropical oils, so um, it's in like coconut oil, palm oil, stuff like that. But most of the sources we have are from, you know, like cheese or beef, stuff like that is going to have more saturated fat. So a big reason these people live a lot longer than most of us in the U.S. is because they are just like eating less fat, having a healthier heart. But how can you increase a, uh, how can you like implement this? Because I think this is probably the easiest tip out of all of the ones they talk about as far as like living in an our industrialized society in a city. Try to just like stick to whole foods if you're going to do this. You know, don't go down the route of like only eating like soy products or like doing like impossible meats and stuff like that. That's not the point of it. You get health benefits from having lots of fruits and vegetables in your diet not from just like only doing like soy nuggets and like French fries types of things. Um, I would say like if you want to kind of start down this route, try to maybe start adding beans to things because you still need protein. And the one of the things that vegans get more like often mess up on is that they won't eat enough protein, which if you're not eating any protein and you're vegan, it can be kind of unhealthy especially if you're losing weight, you want to get more. And we work with vegan clients. We have a whole vegan podcast episode about how to lose weight if you're vegan or plant-based, so make sure to listen to that. But you have got to be able to eat beans. Every one of these um, cultures or like areas eat beans. I think like Costa Rica, it was mostly black beans. Loma Linda, I think it was like everything because they weren't really tied to a certain culture. Okinawa, I think is more tofu, which is from soybeans. Sardinia, I think is more like white beans. And then Acaria Greece was like chickpeas and also cannellini beans. And yeah, I think you just start adding them things. Like for example, tonight I'm doing a taco bowl and I'm having a side of pinto beans. I, you know, I'm also a big proponent of edamame, just like eating it as a snack. Or if you're ever eating Asian food, just like add it to what you're eating, add it to sushi. Um, black beans go really well and like Mexican food. You could also add chickpeas to your salad and cannellini beans go great in a soup. So once you start getting like the flavor and figure out how to make beans, which I think is way easier to prepare beans than meat, you could try to start removing the the animal protein and just do a bigger portion of the beans. Especially if you want to go to somewhere that has like a bowl option like kava or like chipotle or chopped or something like that. It might be a great place for you to kind of try this out because they're going to add so many fruits and vegetables like uh, Chipotle, you know, has it's super easy to do a vegan bowl there with like lots of protein because they just add so much stuff to it. So that could, again, like get you into the routine of eating more beans. But I would say try to remove the animal based meat and just do a little bit of extra beans when you can. And then that's going to help you to still have a balanced meal with produce, fruits and vegetables and carbs. Do you love our realistic approach on nutrition, but want to dive a little bit deeper? Let me tell you about the Millennial Living Membership Program. This was designed to help you stay motivated and inspired no matter what health journey you're on. We develop monthly nutrition and fitness challenges with prizes you can win if you stick with it to help motivate you through every month. To inspire you, we upload weekly recipes with downloadable food lists, monthly food demos, and we can even have a registered dietitian answer your questions on nutrition and weight loss. Our members form a community with other like-minded people to help support each other on their health journey. If you are seeking a way to stay motivated throughout your health journey with our method in mind, 
try signing up for the Millennial Living Membership Program for the first two weeks free by signing up on our website at themillennialnutritionist.com. Sometimes though, I think people end up messing up on trying to follow a plant-based diet or being more plant-based when they are going out to eat and it can be really hard. And so I think like having these go-to options are really helpful. So things that I find that are a little bit more plant-based friendly are actually like Mexican places, um, any sort of actually like Latino or like Latin or Hispanic Central American type of restaurant they are, is going to be a little bit more, at least like vegetarian friendly because all of those cultures tend to add a lot of beans to things, whether it's kidney beans, pinto beans, black beans. I mean, there's so many different beans that that culture celebrates and flavors very well and naturally puts them into things. Um, I think Greek food also does this. I mean, honestly, like any, if you can find a restaurant from one of the areas, like Japanese places, they can do stir fries with, um, uh, edamame and tofu. Greek places do really good with like cannellini bean salads. Um, or even like Middle Eastern places will do really good like falafel. Also Indian food that wasn't in one of the blue zones. They actually talk about it, I think. but And they thought it would be a blue zone because they do eat mostly plant-based. But I think there was something about like they also have to make sure these these countries have like a pretty good healthcare infrastructure to make sure that they're not dying of like third world type of diseases. And I think India got kind of like ruled out with that, but also like more modern, like healthy American places, um, are going to have, I think better vegan options, you know? So I love going to flower child and they have really good baked tofu that you can put on things. So you can kind of have some of those in your back pocket. If you want to try the way that people make them that taste good and then try to recreate it at home. But I think from here, you could try to do one meal per day with just all doing plant-based and then you could try for two and then look at you, you're doing like 75% of your intake is plant-based. And that's, I think, pretty good for trying to improve overall health. I don't think you need to be strictly vegan. I think the jury's still out on if we're supposed to be strictly vegan or not. But I think going for like two or th- two of three meals a day can put you in a really good place health-wise. And of course, like check out our vegan podcast for extra tips on how to get in protein, um, vitamins and minerals you should watch out for, stuff like that. Okay, number two is make exercise a part of your daily routine. And this was really interesting, I think, to look at how all of these groups did this. And I want to point out that I don't necessarily, I I don't remember anybody ever talking about weight status in any of this. So I wouldn't say that it's necessarily like a weight loss method or like a weight loss type of thing to follow. Again, it's mostly for overall health, for longevity, but as a dietitian that works with weight loss clients, I can try to take pieces of this that I think would work for somebody trying to lose weight. And I think one of the most powerful ones is just making exercise a part of your daily routine. I mean, these people don't say they're exercising. They're not like gonna go on a walk to go on a walk. It's just like their way of living. I think most of the people, besides maybe the people in Loma Linda, California, they live in in like cities or towns where walking is very easy. I mean, if anybody has ever gone to Europe, you know that the towns are typically pretty close to the city centers. I know my grandparents even live in like a more country area of England and they are in walking distance to the downtown and they like technically live on the outskirts. I mean, I just feel like so many European countries are more compact than the U.S. And so they have just a better ability to be able to walk to things than we do. And again, there is a component of these countries not having, or like these communities not having as much money. Many of them probably don't even own cars. And so the 
the way they live their life is just by walking, which means they do need to kind of live closer to things. So I would say that one practical tip you could do, I mean, if it's an option, like if you're relocating anywhere, try to find a place where you, it's going to encourage you to walk. Like if you are, I mean, I'll just use myself as an example. I feel like constantly moving and moving again. I moved to Texas. And I really want to make sure to find somewhere that was either like downtown that I would be forced to maybe walk to a coffee shop, walk to a grocery store, or was like in a shopping center or was very close to a trail. And I got two or three of those. I live in a shopping center and I also live on a trail that I can walk every morning. And then it was actually surprising that I can walk to my local grocery store and Trader Joe's every day if I want to. So that really does help you. And that's a practical way to work it into your lifestyle. But also like when it's, when it, you are forced to walk places, it's not as stressful because it doesn't seem like an effort for you. Like if you can imagine if you lived in a bigger city, you didn't have a car, like it wouldn't feel like this extra thing you have to add on. It would literally just like be a part of your daily life. And maybe it would be in the annoying in the beginning. I don't know. But eventually it would just be like, there's no other option. Like you have to walk to get places or you would just like never leave your apartment. Whenever we have like big city clients, especially like New York city clients, it tends to never be a problem with the steps. I mean, I'm always baffled by our our New York city clients get like 15,000 to 20,000 steps a day. I mean, they do struggle more with like the eating because they have a lot of really good restaurants, but it just shows how when it's a part of your life to have to walk places, it's so much easier to get the steps. Walking is beneficial for us because it's so low stress on our bodies. It really helps us to de-stress too by getting outside and burning some energy and, you know, 10,000 steps is my recommendation for weight loss. So it's super in line with that as well. I think it's better than running because it's less joint pressure. Again, it's less stress. And for anybody who has any sort of autoimmune condition, maybe also has like insulin resistance, you do need to work on decreasing your stress. And a part of that is decreasing stressful exercise, which is like running hits, stuff like that. So walking, I think it's just better all the way around. So again, how can you do this? Uh, like I said, if you have the ability to move, which sometimes I do have clients that maybe are like traveling nurses, especially and get to pick where they live every couple months, choose to try to live like near a park or in a, again, an area where maybe you can even walk to work. I have one, I had one client I just finished up with yesterday and she lived in Idaho. I'm pretty sure. So nowhere that was like a, a huge, huge, like metropolis city or anything like that. Um, and she walked to work every day. So she was already losing weight at a good rate before she started working with me. And we never had to work on the steps. And so it just, again, makes it super inherent to have to walk more if you make it a part of your daily life and walk to work or something like that. Um, also, I think if like this is not practical, because I know like maybe you own a home or maybe you just live in a city where this is just, like never going to work. Another daily like practical tip I think you could do is making it your hobby. So in the second book where he kind of talks about ways to work it into your life, he again just says like try as hard as you can to make your whole life around these habits. And and one thing you can do from that is like finding your joy in active activities. So instead of it in partaking in activities that may be like centered around drinking, like maybe your friends constantly are going to like a brewery or going out for drinks and staying out late or just like wanting to lay around and watch TV or 
watch football coming up, you know, stuff like that. Try to make a social group around active activities. You know, I love my pickleball. Pickleball's on the rise. My husband and I keep joking because on the Loma Linda episode, they were all doing pickleball. We're like, yay, that's the secret to longevity. But I think that can be really be helpful. It's super fun to do pickleball and everybody is just starting out. And so um, nobody really knows what they're doing. So I think it's really fun and no reason to be intimidated. I think bowling can also be like a fun social activity. It's not like super active, but it's definitely better than just like sitting around the couch drinking. Bird watching. Um, so shout out to my mom if she's listening to this. Uh, her and her husband, they do like a bird group. So if you like something like that, it's another way to get active that is not just about the activity. It's about like looking at things in nature. I think again, like hiking, if you live in an area where you like hiking, also like active jobs. So if you are ever like trying to look for a new job, maybe think about like, does it make you be active? Um, are there opportunities like park further away? Is the office like near something you can walk to? Um, I know this is like not the most practical tip for everybody, but sometimes I do have clients that are like looking for new jobs and they pick an, a job that's going to force them to be more active. Cause Hey, you know, I, I would think about all the time, like if I were a UPS worker or some sort of like mailbox delivery person, like I would never have to exercise outside of work. And how nice would it be to just work your eight hours or whatever and get off work and literally have to do nothing outside of it instead of working eight hours being sedentary. And then also figuring out how to do like an hour and a half of exercise along with meal prep and everything like that. Like, I think there's definitely something to it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, joining a running club and also gardening like they do in the um, Japan episode can all help. I definitely don't think it's enough to lose weight if you're just gardening, but if you're just trying to get healthy, it, it, it can help. Some of my clients do realize when they're more active in their daily life, like doing chores instead of just like constantly offloading to Instacart, stuff like that, they are getting more steps in. So there's always a trade-off there. Also, just like build it into your routine. If the, if none of these are working for you, I think like just trying to make it like a non-negotiable things you have to do every day, which is kind of what I do. Trying to force yourself to do the walking pad while you work. Walk while you on, you're on TikTok. I had a client start that this week and now her steps went from like 3,000 to like 8,000 because an hour can really go by so fast when you're on TikTok. So use that time to be on the treadmill. Um, some clients too will at the end of the day watch when they're watching TV, kept trip on their steps on a walking pad that way. Cause you can easily just pull it out and set it up in the living room. Um, walk an hour every morning, like my personal favorite, but yeah, overall just make it a constant. That's what we can take from all these people 
in the blue zones or even when we look at people who just don't even have to exercise but they already do everything they need to do, it's because they are always so consistent with walking these 10,000 plus steps. So if you want to, you can take out all of these like lifestyle things and just tell yourself, I don't live in a community where walking is friendly, so I have to focus on this walk every single day. The third thing that I don't actually think they mention in the TV show, um, but they, he talks about it a lot in the book, is finding a community of like-minded people. And I feel like they kind of like hint at it in the TV show, um, but I think this is really important for us Americans or even anybody who's listening that's anywhere around the world that doesn't live in one of these smaller villages because another reason this all these habits or they're not even habits to these people but all of these things that all these people are doing to live a very long time are easy for them is because it's everybody in their circle is also doing it you know if they I think they tell a story at the very end where one of the men from Greece goes to America. He lives the American dream, gets married, gets a corporate job, and then he's diagnosed with end-stage cancer or something. And then he moves back to Greece to basically like live out the rest of his six months. And then he ends up living, I think, like another, what, like 30, 40 years or something like that. And so they kind of compare his lifestyle. Again, it's not great for research purposes, but it brings up a lot of interesting thoughts about how um, it is so much easier to live out healthier habits when the people around you are doing it because it always takes these like slight nudges to remind yourself to do something. And I mean, I totally feel that when I'm around people or I'm around friends or in situations where I'm the only one not drinking, I'm the only one not eating dessert, I'm the only one eating a salad when everybody else is eating queso. Like it is really hard because my brain like wants that food and it knows it tastes good. As opposed to when I'm in a group where everybody is getting the healthy choice, you don't feel like you're missing out, you don't even think about it, and then you want to also make a healthier choice. I think that we can kind of look too at the people in Loma Linda because they are American. So for comparing it, I think it's best. And a, a reason I think that they are able to have all these influences is because of their religion, right? Their religion forces them to eat pretty plant-based. They are also, but I think a big part of their religion too is like overall being healthy. So they're encouraged by other people to also do that. And so I think that you can also do this by finding your own community. Another example that they talk about, I think, are the Sardinian group that when they are so entrenched in all of these habits that when a somebody is like staying behind in the house and they don't want to go to an evening to the market or they don't want to go to church, they don't want to do these activities that they know they need to do their community members will actually go to their house and ask them, where are you? Why aren't you doing this? As opposed to them never asking that, they probably wouldn't be very inclined to ever go back and do these habits they should be doing. Or for them, it's just literally living their life. But for us, that can be the same. You know, if you are active in a some sort of like sporting group or activity group or something like that, and just don't show up anymore, people are probably going to ask you, you know, where have you been? Are you coming back? And it might take that slight little nudge to cause you to want to go again, as opposed to you just doing it by yourself. I mean, nobody's ever going to ask me, hey, why didn't you go on your hour long walk in the morning? Nobody, that's never going to happen. And so by trying to build up the community, all those slight nudges will help you to keep those habits. So I think what can that look like for you? So I think as a beginner, what this could look like are group exercise classes. You know, people love Orange Theory and I think it's great for starting out to get you in the mood of things. I know it's super uplifting and you feel like you're part of a group. They have a whole system. So I think something like that could be really be helpful. 
Also, again, like the bowling league, it's not going to be like the only active thing, but everything like really does add up. So if you join a bowling league, it's like six weeks that can also help. It's pretty like chill when you do a bowling league and it's semi-active. You're getting up a little bit. I think also just making new friends that are like their social life isn't just drinking alcohol or eating. And so some examples I was thinking of is like a book club, maybe church, walking to be social if it's just like a person that you meet or even something like a political group. I was just trying to think of something that isn't just going to festivals, drinking, eating, tailgating, eating, something that's a little bit different. So you can start to figure out for yourself what do you like to do in your social life besides just eat. And that will make weight loss, healthy eating so much easier when it's enjoyable. Another thing you could do, I would say, if maybe you're level up and you are a little bit more active, it's easier for you to exercise, join some sort of active league of whatever you like to do. Tennis, I think, is a big one for people right now. Pickleball, you know, is another big one. Running club is a big one. I don't know if there's walking clubs. I've never really seen them, but you might be able to find one. I've seen accountability buddies too over when I used to join what be a part of the why. So something like that could also work. If you're a new mom, I think there are a lot of new mom exercise groups that just take place outside. So something like that, of course, will help you to make friends, will help you to have that community and nudge you to do it. And then lastly, uh, I think too, just like making friends in your exercise classes that can help you to, for somebody to ask you where you are, and then you come back, you feel a little bit more held accountable, making friends that are plant-based or vegan. This is specifically in the group like so many times, and I I think it's a little weird. I haven't done this myself, but I could see where it would be helpful because they talk a lot about how if you have somebody that is plant-based in your life, you're going to, of course, be encouraged to eat more plant-based. You're going to talk about different recipes. You're going to see what they're eating. They're going to give you tricks and tips. As opposed to you know somebody who's drinking or not eating an optimal diet, you're probably going to get a little bit more influence to do that. And I personally get swayed when my clients are like, oh my gosh, I'm just like really struggling with not eating this pumpkin crumble that I got at Trader Joe's. And then I start thinking about it. So there is some power to just talking about healthier foods too. And above all else, just finding a friend that has the healthier habits that you want and it'll be way easier and less lonely. I know when I moved to Fort Worth, I tried to find friends that wanted to walk and talk instead of just talking over a glass of wine or something like that. Because again, it just forces you to do it. If you're going to be, there's only so many hours in the day. And if you want to be social, at least if you do it while you're walking, then you're active, you get it out of the way, you don't think about it and it's enjoyable. So I hope this all helped. I have a couple of announcements. The biggest, well, I I guess I just have one announcement. The biggest one is over in Millennial Living, we did just drop um, two different documents. One is a really, really great affirmation sheet because this month we're focusing on confidence. I know I strayed a little bit from that. Our interviewer from this week had to reschedule, but I wanted to, I'm glad that I was able to talk about this content today. But over on Millennial Living, which is our membership site, we're talking all about confidence. So I uploaded a PDF that we actually give to clients. So you get a little bit of a freebie over there if you're a part of the membership. And it has a list of affirmations that you could use in your daily life. We know that when you feel more confident, when you start losing weight, you're going to have better results as opposed to just thinking that you're going to increase confidence eventually. That's unfortunately not the way it works. So we have that dropped. And then we also have another PDF of some tips on how to increase your confidence in the kitchen, which mostly just comes from making it easier, saving time, having things prepped, stuff like that. And we give some very practical tips over there. So make sure to check those out. If you're a member, if you're not a member, you can always do your two-week free trial by signing up on our website. But take care. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. For daily weight loss tips and nutrition information, you can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.